0: Hey, thanks for being here. want to remind you that the Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, and so much more returns to the Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets are on sale right now, but if you go to KTAR.com, you get complete details and a chance to win some tickets. Uh, we are awaiting the arrival of the governor-elect Katie Hobbs at a victory rally that is going on this morning. And as soon as that rally begins, we were going to take you to it. It was scheduled for 10 a.m. It's been pushback the start of it has been pushed back just a little bit as soon as we know then that's going to start we'll let you know another reminder download the ktar news app what will happen when you download the app you'll be notified when big things like this are happening and then if you choose to you can listen right there on the app or if it's in print it'll direct you right to the story it is a great news app so we'll take the time now to talk about some results and let's talk about the whys of some things. It's interesting. The more people are talking, and I'm hearing from more and more of my friends, and we're all putting our heads together about what's happening and why it's happened. And uh, if you look at other places in the country, it's hard to ignore what's happened. Um, there, you are not going to find, I don't believe, a more conservative governor than you will in Governor DeSantis or in Governor Abbott or in Governor Noam. For that fact. And you look at them and how they've fared and how things have gone for them and and their popularity and and things of that nature. When you look at Kemp in in Georgia um, and it's it's hard to ignore the success of them. In spite of, in the minds of some, in spite of their staunch conservatism, uh, the plan in Florida seems to be working. And if you look at what's happening in New York, as there has been a mass exodus of people from the state of New York and they have gone, it was the largest, I think in a one month period, was it last month or the month before, the largest exodus of wealthy people from New York to Florida in one month ever. And yet, Governor DeSantis won that race by 20 points. The easy answer is don't California my Arizona when it comes to the Republican Party. And and to everybody out there that is not affiliated with the Republican Party, I'm giving you the perspective of someone that is. So that's where I come from. Um, you know, I've been involved in party politics as far back as two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand six. Um, it's been a long time since I've been involved in party politics, but I've been connected for a very long time. And so, the idea of "Don't California my Arizona," a- as in, you know, there's so many people coming here from from uh, California and other places that are turning Arizona blue. I think what you are doing is selling yourself short on the ability to message properly because you're seeing the same thing in Texas and you're seeing the same. Thing in Florida. And those governors are winning by big numbers. Big numbers. When you look at what Marco Rubio was able to do, so it boils down to either candidates or policy, you know, with what, what talking points or what how they're messaging. Um so this is not a time where I think I'm certainly not going to sit here and scream and yell and bad mouth. Not at all. This is an observation. This is that game, the day after a, a tough loss. You know, if you're a football fan like I am, imagine what it is like right now for the players on the Buffalo Bills after that loss that they had to the Minnesota Vikings. Last night, the Philadelphia Eagles, an undefeated team, having their first loss against the Washington Commanders at home and you you know that they have to sit and break down film. The coaches have to watch it. The players have to watch it because they have to improve. And the way to improve is to rip the Band-Aid off, take a, look, a real look at yourself, and say, what's the problem? And I'll give you an analogy that works even better. If the consensus of the – and I don't mean Republican voters. I mean Republican leadership in the state of Arizona. If the consensus of Republican leadership in the state of Arizona is to go on a stolen election tour, that is the same thing as if you had the – I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills loss because I think most people were surprised by that um, – and the Eagles, too, either one of those losses. If the coach were to go in on game day or after game day at the first practice back and everybody breaks down the film, and then the coach comes out and says, We watched the film and the referee stole the game from us. That's what we came away with bad calls. And there are always bad calls. Um, you go back to uh, you know the game between the Packers and the Cowboys. The, the head coach for the Cowboys was livid at some of the calls that were being made. But if that's what you blame things on, you're never going to get better. And you look at the messaging and you have to look at how the messaging went. Um there is no doubt, and I, I, I people were angry at me for saying it over and over again, but in the primary process there is no hiding that within Republican circles Donald Trump's blessing and endorsement was what candidates needed to win the nomination. But is it then fair to say that it was the same endorsement that dragged them down in the general? Because if you look at the six statewide races, there are two winners right now. There's one that we know has won. One person we know has won, and that is Kimberly Yee, the state treasurer. The other who is ahead right now is Tom Horn, and he is winning the race for superintendent. They are the only two of the six that were not Trump endorsed. Now, is that a message? Is that an oversimplification? It might be. It just might be. But if the Republican Party isn't going to take a look into who they're messaging to and how they're messaging, they are going to continue to lose. Um, I moved here in 1995. I've said it a thousand times probably on the air. And it was such a majority of Republicans in the legislature. You can't blame demographic shifts. The Democrats are still number three in voter registration in Arizona. Republicans are still number one. Then there's independents and then there's Democrats. So it isn't just it's got to be messaging. As I said earlier today, it is something that people need to look at. John McCain was immensely popular with Arizona voters. He was winning elections by double digits for his whole career, just about. And certainly in the time that I was here in Arizona. He was winning elections by double digits. He became the presidential nominee for the country. But in Arizona, he remained immensely popular with Republican, or I would just say voters in Arizona. He got censured by his party. The party couldn't stand him. I'll tell you a real story. When he was the candidate for president, I was doing weekend radio And on a Saturday morning, I went to Republican headquarters to get a McCain yard sign and put it on my front lawn. And when I went in, and there were yard signs on the walls. You almost couldn't walk. It was almost a fire hazard to get into the building. There were so many yard signs. And I asked them for a McCain yard sign. They said, we don't have any. You have to go to McCainStore.com and buy them, which wasn't true. The McCain headquarters had them to give away. But they didn't have anybody at state headquarters. There is a disconnect between party leadership in the state of Arizona and party voters in the state of Arizona. There is a large disconnect, and it's never been more apparent in a year when these should have been walkovers, where there should have been money flooding into Republican candidates, where they should have been flush with cash and getting walkover wins. We're seeing losses or almost all of them lost. We don't know about the attorney general's race. There is still a chance that Abe Hamadeh can win that. But this is um, this is this is a time for reflection. This is a time to take a hard look at the direction you've been going and ask yourself, um, are you going to be a hardliner on one side or are you going to take a look at how the demographics have changed? And it's something they must do. Coming up what we're going to do is we are expecting the beginning of a rally, a victory rally for the governor elect. As soon as that starts, you're going to hear it live on KTAR, so make sure you stick around for it. We are standing by and about to take you live to the victory rally for Governor Elect Katie Hobbs in downtown Phoenix. We take you there live now. Her daughter is speaking. First time,
1: listen and to help her make a difference to everyone who is standing here supporting her today. So without further ado, please help me welcome Arizona's next governor, my mom, Katie Hobbs. Walking up to the stage now in downtown Phoenix is Governor-elect Katie Hobbs. You're listening to KTAR News 92.3 FM. Good morning, Arizona. Last night, our race was officially called, and I am honored to stand before you as Governor-elect Katie Hobbs. I also want to congratulate Senator Mark Kelly on his re-election. And I'm thrilled to know that I will be handing the keys of the Secretary of State's office to Adrian Fontes. It has been a long year and a half. But in this election, Arizonans chose solving our problems over conspiracy theories. We chose sanity over chaos. And we chose unity over division. We chose a better Arizona, and we chose democracy, the system of government that made America the best and most prosperous country in the history of the world. Yeah. But the attacks on democracy won't end today with this victory. And so it is on all of us to continue to defend it. Most of all, we must reject the false choice between standing up for democracy and standing up for an economy that works for everyone. We must reject the false choice between standing up for democracy and standing up for a woman's right to keep the government out of her personal health care decisions. And we must reject the false choice between standing up for democracy and fighting for a school system that has the resources it needs, has teachers in every classroom, and prepares our kids for tomorrow. Because without democracy, the people don't have a say, and all of our problems get dramatically worse. So today is a good day for Arizona. And it's a good day for democracy. We can all take a big sigh of relief, but the work goes on. I wanna thank the voters of Arizona for entrusting me with this immense responsibility. It is truly the honor of a lifetime and I will do everything in my power to make you proud. I wanna thank my family, our volunteers and campaign staff. Without all of your hard work, passion and sacrifice, this day would not be possible. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart. For those Arizonans who didn't vote for me, know that I will work just as hard for you. Because because even in this moment of division, I believe there is so much more that connects us. We all want lower costs, safer streets, a secure border, better schools, and water for generations to come. This was not just about an election. It was about moving this state forward and dealing with the challenges of our generation and giving our kids the safe and prosperous future they deserve while letting our seniors live out their golden years with dignity. I was born and raised in Arizona. I know what it's like to grow up in a working class family just trying to make ends meet. I know what it's like to have to pick up a second job to provide for your family. And you deserve a governor who understands the challenges you face while also knowing how to tackle them head on. We started this campaign by talking about getting the job done even in the face of immense challenges. That's what I'll do as your governor because that is what you and your family do every day. Stretching your paychecks even further as costs soar and making sure you get your kids to and from school as gas prices skyrocket. You continue to cast your ballots, even as our democracy has continued to face unprecedented attacks. That's what Arizonans do. Yeah. Yeah. We persevere in the face of challenges. And as your governor, I will do everything in my power to get the job done for you. For you and your family, even under difficult circumstances. Rising costs on housing and groceries, homelessness, A water crisis, a border crisis, and women's reproductive freedom facing the most serious attack in generations. These problems are urgent, and it's going to take both parties working together to fix them. As your governor, I will work with both Republicans and Democrats, and together we'll put more money back in your pockets. We'll invest in our public schools. Public schools. We'll provide our border communities with the resources they need to keep Arizona safe. Yes. Yes. We'll make it easier to get to go to trade schools and we'll pr- prioritize education so our state's workforce is built for the jobs of the future. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Just like we did with the Secretary of State's office, we'll make state government more transparent, accountable, and responsive to you. Yeah. We'll work to make Arizona a hub for business and entrepreneurship will create economic opportunity for all Arizonans and build better educational opportunities for STEM jobs and apprenticeships apprenticeships for those who don't get a four-year degree. It's time to secure and modernize Arizona's water supply by better conserving and managing our water and upgrading our infrastructure. It's time to hold corporations accountable who want to give our water away to foreign governments like Saudi Arabia. Because we need that water here for our families and businesses. And as soon as my term begins, I will do everything in my power to repeal the draconian 1864 abortion ban. That puts so many women's lives at risk. I will use every tool at my disposal to restore the reproductive rights that we've been guaranteed for the last 50 years. A woman's medical decision should be between her and her doctor. (laughs) To my colleagues in the legislature, we must work together to solve our urgent problems. Republicans and Democrats will have an open door to my office so we can get to work, find bipartisan compromise, and deliver for the people of Arizona. But for those of you who prefer to obstruct, spread misinformation, and continue to pursue an extreme agenda out of touch with this state, take note of the results of this election. The voters sent us a loud and clear message. They rejected the chaos because we have urgent problems, and they need and expect all of us to deliver. So let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. Arizona, as I've said before, we've been through a thing or two these last few years, but we are tough, This state is tough, and if we work together, we can tackle our biggest
0: challenges.
1: Let's get to work. Thank you so much.
0: All right. You have been listening to the victory speech from Governor-elect Katie Hobbs as she talks about unity and unifying. She said she'll work with both parties. We're going to talk a little bit as in just a few moments and break down some of the key points of her speech. She went after the opposition as she was saying that they were going after unity and not division. She talked about sanity. She talked about people that were uh, basically, she didn't use the phrase election deniers, but she talked about people and in, in misinformation or disinformation. There was a lot to unbox from that speech if you jumped in in the middle. What we're going to do in a couple of moments is we'll break this all down for you. We're going to kind of look at what she had to say, break them down and let you hear what I think are some of the key moments in the speech. So we'll do that here in a couple of moments. Stick around. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead show, KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And hey, thanks for being here Pink is headed to Chase Field for her Summer Carnival Tour featuring Brandy Carlile and the group Love on October 9th. Tickets go on sale next Monday, but you could win a pair of tickets possibly by heading over to the contest page at ktar.com. So let's start. Uh, let's take a listen to a couple of what I think are the key moments from the speech we just heard from the governor elect Katie Hobbs. Let's start off with where this happened. And I think there's some lessons to be learned in this. And I'm going to go into it once you hear what she had to say.
1: The system of government that made America the best and most prosperous country in the history of the world. Yeah. But the attacks on democracy won't end today with this victory. And so it is on all of us to continue to defend it.
0: So there are a couple of things in there. Uh, Number one, this is what got her elected. This is what got her the nomination. Um, You don't have to go back in history too far, and I don't mean this as a knock against the governor-elect. I mean this as an observation to what happened. If you go back to the election denial of 2020 – And there is a difference between the way some people behaved in their election denial and those that believe that there was cheating that was happening. There is a difference. I've tried to explain it. But the people that get all the attention are what are known as the election deniers. And so let's talk about that for just a moment. When she became well-known. She was the secretary of state, but as most secretaries of state, they are not well known to the people of Arizona. They're known for running elections, but that's it. So when you had January 6th and you had people that wanted to put up electors that were not the electors and all this was going on, Katie Hobbs, the secretary of state, came out and said, I am defending democracy. I will stand up and defend democracy. And then there were death threats. Now, that's not the average person that thought that the election was stolen, but that was what got the attention. Threats of physical violence, death threats against her. All of a sudden now she's a national name. She's known all over the country. And her campaign fund raised about a million dollars, I believe, in a week or less than a week from money all over the country. Because she was going to stand up and defend democracy. Now, it is also fair to say that she wasn't even on the Democrats' radar as a viable candidate for governor. I'm not saying any of this to insult her. I'm making political observations going back a year or so. It was the January 6th, um, you know, we're don't certify the election. Um, going after Ducey for doing it, going after Pence for doing it. You certify the elections. You're a traitor. All of these other things. You're a rhino. We're going to do something about it. We're going to camp out in front of Clint Hickman's house. All of these things we're going to do because all of you are in on the cheating. Katie Hobbs was viewed as the savior of democracy. It is ironic that in my belief that that is what catapulted her to the nomination, And I would venture to say if you talk to some Democrat strategist, they would tell you the same thing. I'm not talking about her capability to be governor. I'm talking about her capability to be a candidate for governor. There's a big difference. There are a lot of people that are immensely qualified to win an office that don't make it to the the nomination. I want you to hear some more. She goes on to talk about what this election was about.
1: We must reject the false choice between standing up for democracy and standing up for an economy that works for everyone. We must reject the false choice between standing up for democracy and standing up for a woman's right to keep the government out of her personal healthcare decisions. And we must reject the false choice between standing up for democracy and fighting for a school system that has the resources it needs has teachers in every classroom, and prepares our kids for tomorrow.
0: Yeah, so when you you hear those words, now she's talking about the policy. What's interesting about this, and let's be fair about this, we did not hear a lot of this during the campaign because of the messaging, and it was about saving democracy and i just think that there has to be a lot of reflection that goes along with this. She also now talks about unity, and i hope i hope that this is the path that she takes.
1: For those Arizonans who didn't vote for me, know that i will work just as hard for you. Because because even in this moment of division, i believe there is so much more that connects us. We all want lower costs, safer streets, a secure border, better schools, and water for generations to come.
0: Now, that is a message. I've talked about this before, that when candidates and whether it's a candidate or it's somebody that's elected, she is now the governor elect. When you have people that speak to all of Arizona, if you remember, Joe Biden went into office very popular saying, I'm a Democrat, but I am going to be a president for all Americans. And then he, in my opinion, he veered away from that and his popularity has plummeted. Now, if Katie Hobbs is able to stay on that message of unity and she speaks to all of Arizona when she talks about an economy that works for everyone and walks. For generations to come. Those are issues that whether you agree with the path that they take to get there, those are issues that everyone agrees on that need to be addressed. And that's what I think is missing sometimes in American politics is talking about issues that some people are very, very passionate about. But the mainstream, most people are not. They're focused on other things. So we'll see if she's able to continue down this path. Um, it, It is an interesting study in what's happening. Um, and then there are issues that I totally disagree with her on. That's to be expected because we're from opposite political parties. But the speech was an interesting study. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we are going to go over and let you hear some more of this speech. Also, a former Republican gubernatorial candidate speaks out on Twitter. I'm going to read a statement from Karen Taylor Robeson. That's coming up here in just a few moments. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR 92.3 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Uh, I wanna I wanna continue on with some of the what I thought were key moments of the speech by the governor elect here in just a moment. But I wanna read a statement. Former gubernatorial candidate uh, Karen Taylor Robeson released a statement on Twitter today. I'm gonna read the tweet. Then I'm gonna read part of the statement. And it's a long statement, so I probably won't go through all of it. But you should look it up. Maybe I'll retweet it this morning. A Z GOP has spent the last four years losing every major statewide race, and we are currently Currently in the weakest position in Arizona, we've been in as a party for 50 years. It's time for Kelly Ward to resign as AZ GOP chair. Pretty strong statement, she said. First, I want to congratulate the winning candidates in the 2022 election. The voters have spoken; they put a tremendous amount of trust in you, and I pray that you will approach your roles with grace and humility, and always put the people of Arizona first. I also want to say this: I've seen enough. That refrain has been made famous by election prognosticators indicating that having examined all the evidence and the data available to them, they are ready to draw a conclusion about the outcome of a race. When it comes to the state of Arizona Republican Party, the facts are clear. I have seen enough. Kelly Ward's leadership of the Republican Party has been an unmitigated disaster. Then it goes down when she took office via primary uh, parliamentary trick of the 2019 statutory meeting. The state party coffers were flush. The previous chairman had left over $400,000 in the bank, more than enough to cover operations and continue that important work of the party building the voter registration. Ward had every opportunity to succeed, and yet she failed and failed and failed again. In 2016, Republicans in Arizona carried the president, Donald Trump, to victory. Republicans held two Senate seats along with every statewide office in Arizona. On Ward's watch, the Arizona GOP has allowed our state to vote Democrat for president for the first time in a generation. It's lost the two United States Senate races along with the governor's office, more concerned with stoking division and settling old scores. Kelly Ward has led our party into a deep morass of real uh, and with no real plan for the future. And it goes on. The next hour, we're going to talk more about that and moving on what that means and what it looks like. Is there now a – a more than a fracture within the Republican Party in Arizona, and it's a conversation we're going to have, but I want you to hear now continuing because it leads me to the next point um, – The governor-elect said in a speech a little while ago that she will be a governor for all. Now she talks about her willingness to work with both parties.
1: As your governor, I will work with both Republicans and Democrats. And together, we'll put more money back in your pockets. We'll invest in our public schools. Public schools. We'll provide our border communities with the resources they need to keep Arizona safe. We'll make it easier to get to go to trade schools and we'll prioritize education. So our state's workforce is built for the jobs of the future.
0: Now, see, this is where I'm going to I've got to take a little issue. I mean, I I congratulate her on the victory. I hope that she is able to do good things for Arizona. But when she makes sure she repeats public. Twice, I want you to remember she's a graduate of Seton Catholic. Uh, she went to a private school, so you know to dump on private schools and say you don't want public money in private schools. There are a lot of people out there whose parents can't afford private schools like your parents could. She has made statements that your that her parents sacrificed so that she could have a private school education, and I commend them for that. I commend them for that. But there are families that don't have that option that do now because of the voucher program. So that's one thing I'll push back with the governor all the time. But when she says we'll invest in public schools and then says public schools, she went to Seton Catholic. Keep that in mind with the condition of the public schools. She also talks about being good for business.
1: We'll work to make Arizona a hub for business and entrepreneurship. We'll create economic opportunity for all Arizonans and build better educational opportunities for STEM jobs and apprenticeships and apprenticeships for those who don't get a four year degree. It's time to secure and modernize Arizona's water supply by better conditions serving and managing our water and upgrading our infrastructure it's time to hold corporations accountable who want to give our water away to foreign governments like Saudi Arabia because we need that water here for our families and businesses
0: So uh, that is a statement about what we are going to do for businesses and how we're going to be good for business. But I want you to hear this part of it, which I think is the key to a lot of it, talking about a clear message.
1: But for those of you who prefer to obstruct, spread misinformation, and continue to pursue an extreme agenda out of touch with the state, take note of the results of this election. The voters sent us a loud and clear message. They rejected the chaos because we have urgent problems. And they need and expect all of us to deliver. So let's roll up our sleeves and get to work.
0: So um, I will take just a little bit of issue with that in the clear message part of it. Yes, when you look at the races, it is probably going to be at least a 4-2 or a 3-3 three, three split for the parties. Um, but all of these races are immensely close. The superintendent's race is very, very close. They still can't call the attorney general's race. Um, and this governor's race went down to the wire as well. So there are still a lot of people, for as much as you're saying, that people were were balking at the uh, the division – And the rancor, that may be true, but the policies that a lot of those candidates stood for are still popular with a lot of people in Arizona, that this state uh, has got a long way to go before it turns blue. So I'm I'm anxious to see how this relationship is because let's remember – It's very important to note that the legislature is still Republican controlled. Although it's only one seat in each chamber, the House and the Senate are under the control of the Republicans. So we will see if this is going to be gridlock or if we're actually going to get things done. The other thing I'll say about it, which I find really fascinating, is they still have to get over the hump of how they can spend those education dollars. They still need a two-thirds majority in the House and the Senate in order to spend almost $2 billion in money that's already been allocated for education because of an old prop that was passed in the 80s. That's not going to be easy, and I guarantee you that a Republican-led legislature is going to use that bargaining chip to their advantage in the things they want to get done as well. So the first political hurdle for this governor is going to be getting past and spending that money in education. And I'm not saying she can't do it. It's just going to be a big hill to climb, and it's going to be a challenge for her office. We'll see how it's handled coming up just after 11 o'clock. We're going to go back to the comments and the statement made by gubernatorial candidate Karen Taylor Robeson about the GOP and whether or not it's time to move on from Donald Trump next.